Alright, we are back. The Great Kanaki is next to me. We had a Great Kanaki type night last night. Uh, had some fun a little bit at the blackjack tables. Uh, Sean might have stayed one shoe too long, but uh, you know that's how it is sometimes. Uh, Sean, how the heck you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Having a good time. We see our good friend Tony walking by over there. Uh, great things happen in Vegas, and uh, unfortunately it wasn't for me last night at the blackjack table, but uh, had a good time, and uh, we're here for the Circa millions great contest weekend having a great time yeah man uh i didn't even place a sports bet at the circuit yet because i've been spent so busy but that's where i'm going as soon as we're done here gonna load it up at the circuit app and get our plays in we got some college football week zero not sure how many more premium plays i'm gonna give up but you know we're having some fun here uh we're definitely better than some sports and yesterday we had some preseason football sean i gotta tell you uh i didn't touch the colts but I was at least one parlay leg in now with the Steelers because Mike Tomlin is just such a preseason stud, man. Um, what do you think about today's lines for preseason football? We got the Detroit at Carolina. We got New England at Tennessee. I should say Detroit uh, is a dog by plus four and a half. Uh, New England's minus two favored. And the Chargers, San Francisco. San Fran's a large favorite. This is the largest preseason favorite at minus seven and a half. What do you think? Well, I'm not going to be touching anything today. I think I think the favorites are favorites for a reason today. I think Carolina, you know, they got to they got to get uh, Young some work, and uh, I think they're going to play those starters at least through the first half, getting some situational stuff where he's going to be playing, you know, at least in the two minute drill all the way through that first half, and we'll we'll see about the rest of it. And San Fran's kind of in the same boat, right? We're not sure who's going to be uh, getting all the work at quarterback once the regular season hits, and they got to get everybody as much playing time together as they possibly can. So. Uh, for, for me, if I had to bet one today, it'd be Carolina money line and uh, just calling it a day. But um, I'm staying away from the lines for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I got uh, Carolina early at uh, minus 130 and gave it out. But uh, it's uh, minus 205 now in a lot of books here. Money line. I that's what's that's my other parlay piece. So I kind of got double invested in Carolina, but I just feel if it's a good uh situation, uh, sometimes you just got to jump on it. The problem with Carolina, they had a terrible precincts and they're old, they, they're old too. They look bad. Bryce Young needs more reps. And that's the, kind of the whole idea behind this. In Detroit, they want to get the heck out of here because they also play Carolina on week five. So you know that the coach, uh, he, he does not try in preseason football. Uh, you know, Campbell just likes to dog it to the preseason. He's 0-2 in a week, final weeks, week three or week four if you go back before 2021 so that's kind of what i'm looking at sean but hey we got a big house football day tomorrow week zero my friends is anything uh popping up for you i'm about to pull up the odds here and uh, see where we're at yeah I, i'm only at one play the, the the best thing about this weekend for me is we get to do all this fun stuff and and, and enter the contest and get get a lot of great experiences here over at circa which you can uh, also participate in if you sign up for those contests uh, but we get six college games tomorrow. And, uh, the, you know, from Vegas time goes from basically uh, uh, 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. So you got a full 12-hour shift to college football. Uh, for me, I'm looking at the UMass-New Mexico State game, and I think you're on the same game, but I think we're looking at it just a little bit differently. Um, for me, uh, I'm taking the under on the New Mexico State-UMass game. Uh, Jerry Kill the Clock, right? That's his nickname. You know, New Mexico State coach was at Minnesota for a long time. And uh, out of 130 teams in, in the top division there in college football, they were 130th in uh, total plays uh, offensively. Uh, Texas Tech ran 30 more offensive plays per game than New Mexico State did in 2022. I mean, you just think about, think about that. 30 more plays average per game. Uh, and, and they're going to get better. It's the second season there. They're, they're going to run, run the football. They're going to score. They're, they've got more talent than UMass. And and I just think they're going to score. They're going to sit on the ball. They're going to play good defense. And I see this thing coming in, um, you know, 30, 30 to 13, 27 to 13, whatever it might be. They're going to hit that under. And it's low. It's 44 and a half. But I, I think they're going to get up early and they're going to run the football and, and do Jerry kill the clock. And, and just grind that out. out. And we also have the new rules in college football where 
the first downs are not going to stop the clock until the final two minutes. So I, 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 I don't think the books have quite adjusted for that yet. I'm hoping anyway. And it just seems like for me, you know, they played them last year and they went well into that total at 23 to 13. It just seems like a repeat of last year with New Mexico State with a little bit more talent on both sides of the ball. And I, I, I think they're, they're, they're going to run that clock out and I'm taking the under. You know, I can't go against that. Jerry Kill, the clock will do it. And you're a great point against the rule change. Anybody running the ball, this is going to really affect those fourth quarters and maybe some live totals you can take because they might still go by uh, data from last year. I think the live market's going to be all over the place on this, Sean, and um, you might see some opportunities on that. So now that the line has moved, I can give out my premium play. Uh, I took New Mexico at minus six and a half. I think kill the clock's going to factor in. But uh, it, it's a situation where – I know it's early, but when you have a massive discrepancy in your power ratings, and um, I know some people don't. Uh, I looked at some very sharp people's power ratings. It was more around eight or nine. But it, it's just, for me, I'm in the double digits here, right? I think uh, New Mexico State should be minus 10 and a half against this team. But the reason you saw uh, money come on the dog, it's a numbers play. Because when there's a total of 45 or lower, uh, you know, you usually see money come in on the dog, especially if it's past seven. When it's too, you know, I guess, historically bad teams in a way. Now, none of these teams really have accomplished a heck of a lot. New Mexico State, you got to go way back. But, uh, you know, they're they're kind of the up-and-coming program here. And they have a uh, returning quarterback, which is huge. And uh, UMass had a decent defense at the end of the year, but they, re- they, don't, they lost them all. They only return about 25% of their production on that defense, Sean. So I think that that's interesting. Uh, let's go to the big dog, though. Navy at Notre Dame. And this is at total of 49 minus 20. Sean, I got to tell you, when it comes to uh, Navy Notre Dame, this game has been going over. They averaged, I heard a stat from Brad Powers uh, over their past, uh, I don't know how many, but they averaged about 62 points a game together. But here's the situation. It's raining in uh, Dublin, or it's going to rain. I still have to, I can check the updated forecast this morning, but that's why under, under money comes in, but it always rains there, you know, and these teams are rushing teams and especially Navy. They sometimes go over just because they're such an efficient rushing team and many teams don't stop them. So what, what do you think about the total in this game at 49? I think it's been going all over the place for the last two weeks based on uh, exactly what you just said. And then the weather. Um, it got down to uh, 46 and a half is the lowest I saw it earlier this week. Uh, people thinking that uh, there was going to be a hurricane in Ireland when, in fact, it's going to be a light drizzle like normal. Uh, but if, if you're looking at the total, you know, you, you mentioned that Navy's an efficient running team. The big thing with that is that they do kill the clock. And this game's gone over the last, uh, I think, three times they played. And I think it was 10 out of the last 12. But they're... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> There's a blackjack table getting in the way there. Um, it, it, if Navy is able to run the ball and get first downs, they're not going to be be there for huge explosive plays. They're going to be grinding out, getting first downs. You know, taking that clock down. And Notre Dame, uh, with the weather actually being you know a little bit of a factor, they're not going to be able to throw as much. I'm not as concerned about the drizzle as I am about the 15, 20 mile an hour winds, which they're supposed to have. So that's going to affect the passing game. So the fact that this is going back up from 46 and a half to 49 since people are playing those trends, but I think there's opportunity there, maybe on the under, um, but I'm going to wait and see and maybe bet a live under if I do it and see how that first half goes. And if they start lighting up, then I'm going to hit that under to keep searching right out. Live under, man. I, I don't disagree. Uh, I think that a live under is a pretty good look in this situation. The uh, 20 and a half, I find that interesting. I, if I had to make a play on this, my power ratings has this as a about a 16 and a half point spread, not quite 20 and a half. But at the same time, when it's early, you need bigger edges because, you know, you don't really know uh, what's really happening with all the transfers that come in. It's impossible to compute it perfectly. That's why I always preach uh, when it comes to sports betting to kind of tread carefully, Sean, uh, especially, especially the early weeks. weeks. But uh, this is going to be a fun one to watch. I can't wait. Tomorrow at about 11.30 here. Uh, it's a little bit later on the Central Time and East Coast, but Central Time is going to be a wonderful game. And uh, uh, Notre Dame looking to possibly making a playoff run for 2023. So this is an interesting one here. You got Ohio at San Diego State. This thing moved down to two and a half. It's kind of hovering between two and a half and three right now, Sean. So, uh, it, you know, is this is this one where the home money 
is kind of coming back in and uh and, and what do you think about the initial line move going from around five down to two and a half you know, I, I think there's definitely some sharp money coming in on Ohio right now. Uh, if you look at you know historical betting and what, what the average better is going to come in and look at, they're going to go, okay, Ohio University versus San Diego State. Not that San Diego State's a Power 5 conference, but they're a team that's had a really good defense and had a really good team for the last 10 years, right? So people are coming in and they're going, okay, well, they're, they're, they're minus five. Not really sure, but the, the solid betters are looking at a team in the MAC with Ohio and possibly Buffalo in the future. Uh, that those are two teams that could be very competitive in the MAC division. And I think there's a lot of heavy money that's coming on the Bobcats. So, you know, for me, getting down to two and a half now, um, you know, I'm not going to touch that game either. But it's getting to the point where I think San Diego State still has a decent defense. They've still got a good coach down there where they're going to have, you know, control most of that line. And a two and a half, uh, it, it's going to start looking like, hey, you know, it could be a low scoring defensive game. Excuse me again. Got, got the frog in the throat. <laughs> That's fine. It's early. Um, but if I had to play it now, I'd play that two and a half. And, and I think San Diego State's defense is still good enough to get by the Bobcats. Yeah, that's uh, the lean I have is right now San Diego State for sure. Now they did return Rourke, their quarterback over there at Ohio. And there's a lot of hype on that. I remember watching uh, Ohio in the championship game against Toledo, and man, it really hurt them without that quarterback. They kind of hung for a while, but Toledo's just one of those teams that has a lot of talent and poor coaching, in my opinion. So, um, one of those situations where I think Toledo probably should have won by a little bit more. Uh, what are you looking at for a little bit in the future here? I'm looking at uh, uh, Florida at Utah. Now, this is a fun game. It was a big game last year. As you know, Utah almost won in the last second, and they fumbled the ball or, th or came rising through that interception on the one yard line. Now, Utah's at home minus five minus five and a half. This number came down crashing from seven. Uh, and we have a past historical Badger quarterback playing in this game, don't we, Sean? Forgot to undo the mute button. Yeah, Graham Mertz, I've seen him at his best and I've seen him at his worst. Uh, you know, up in Wisconsin, you know, my hometown. Uh, his, his debut against Illinois was something really, really special where, you know, he came out through four touchdown passes. And and the thing here is is Utah might be actually starting their third-string quarterback. We're not really sure what the situation is going to be with Cam Rising or, or his backup, Brandon Rose. Um, he had an injury in practice, and that, that that's why that line's been moving towards Florida. And I, I – I, I, I'm not touching this game until I know exactly what the quarterback situation is. Maybe there's value on Utah right now if one of those two guys ends up playing. Um, but but just being that the fact that there's so much uncertainty, I'm not sure where to go. But here's what I'll tell you about Graham Mertz. If, if he has the right situation, he's got time in the pocket, he can make every throw on the football field. Uh, I'm not so sure that Florida is going to give him every time in the pocket, especially against Utah. Um <laughs> And against the rest of the SEC, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but but he can make every throw on, on the table, on the field, wherever he wants to go if he's got time. The minute he gets a little bit of pressure, he tends to crumble, make poor decisions, and that's what was undoing was at Wisconsin. So uh, I'm not touching this game. I, I think there's value on Utah. I think one of those two quarterbacks is going to play and come in. Uh, but I'm staying far, far away from this one. I don't blame you, Sean. It is just a tough situation to have to bet on a guy, even though you have a backup quarterback. Because what I remember from Graham Hurts was the yips. He had yips. Uh, I, there's too much pressure on him. I remember Patrick Mahomes, who's also from Kansas City, uh, was tweeting about Graham Hurts, and he and, and the whole nation heard it. Right when, when that, I think they played. Uh, it was either like uh, Illinois or somebody. They just beat the heck out of. Him. But ever since then. Uh, you realize a lot of his wide open passes were a little easy. Teams trying to stop the run, and those little dink and dunks to the tight end were uh, accurate at first, but they got worse and worse. So it's really hard to bet in Florida. If I find out Kevin Ryzen is not playing, this thing is going to shoot all the way down to two and a half. Uh, that's the big thing. Can you get the information quicker than everybody else? I mean, that is literally the big part of this, Sean. Uh, it's information based. And uh, that's just the most important thing when it comes to that in these early games is uh, get your information right 
and uh, make sure you're doing well there. So um, have you made any college uh, football bets or what do you plan on diving into that market? Yeah, I, I'm not on a whole lot of futures for college football, but spending a lot of time focusing on pros and getting the previews uh, set up for that. Um, New Mexico State, like we talked about, the under for week zero. Uh, I am on a couple of bets early for college. Um, one of them is the hometown Badgers playing Buffalo and Madison on week one. Uh, I got them a little bit early. I think it was 22, and sorry, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, but I think the Badgers are going to come out, try and make a statement in Luke Fickle's first game. Uh, run that score up, make it, make it a big, exciting atmosphere in Madison. Uh, so I got them uh, a little bit early, and I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, 2023, 20, they're still sitting right around there, and I, I think oh, wow. the Badgers are going to try and go get that right away. Uh, and I think Buffalo is actually going to be one of the best teams in the MAC up there with Toledo. I think they're going to have a chance to win that side of the division. Um, but the Badgers, they, they want to make a statement right away, right? Luke's going to come out. He's going to try and hammer everything he can get that offense humming, you know, he, the defense for Wisconsin is, is, is going to be good. It's just legacy, Jim Leonard and everything else. And Luke Fickle's not going to let that sink uh, being a defensive coach. So I, I thought 23, I think they're going to run that score up right away in the first half on Buffalo. Um, so that was the one week, one bet I've made so far. I really haven't dabbled too much into college football. Excuse me. There's one more. I, I have got Clemson minus 12. That actually came down from there. I wish I would have waited a little bit, um, but, but same idea there. I think they're going to try and come out and make a statement in week one. Yeah, Clemson's a little disrespected, aren't they? Because all the Florida State hype right now. I think that uh, Debo or, or the coach likes this, right? And I think this is a situation where Clemson can surprise because Clay Covenant is just a good quarterback, and he's a massive step up from We Young right? I think that's uh, the big thing with you know this team. And uh, I, I mean, for me, I jumped on an earlier bet with UConn, and the number's actually still there. I thought it was going to kind of come down, but UConn is about a 15-point dog against NC State. The problem with NC State, they were, is that they lost everybody. They lost the quarterback, you know, who's been around a long time. Uh, now, I know he's got really great defenses and all, but UConn, if you remember, was that team that upset Fresno State at home. Uh, they also upset another ACC team last year at home. I believe it was Virginia or one of those – uh, it's kind of like medium schools in the ACC. I have to relook it up, but uh, I think UConn can cover the 14 and a half at home. And you know how uh, they're going to play all the way to the very end. And they, they're, they're not the greatest at the top of the run, but uh, they got some good stuff going on in there. All right. Well, time for our first guest. We're going to take a quick break here and uh, we're going to bring on Mr. Tony George in a few minutes. All right, we are back, and we have our first guest, Mr. Tony George from from Doc Sports. Tony George Sports. He was gracious enough to come down and hang out with me and talk a little bit. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. You got me out of the you got me out of the house too early today. Usually it's pool time right now out here, but uh, nonetheless, sure, I'm glad to uh, be down here. Big. Uh, Big doings down here at Circa. You know, what? A, I'm coming down tomorrow for the uh, Mike Palm seminar mm. about, what is it, 2.30 or 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, something like that. And I'm, yep. yeah, 3 o'clock, 3 to 5 tomorrow, and I'm getting hooked up for the contest here with uh, your mutual friend, Maddie and Tony there at yeah. footballcontest.com. So, right yeah, I'm I'm really, uh, really uh, excited, but yet managing – that excitement here as we enter week one, week zero of college football. Because I know there's a lot of guys in town fired up, ready just to pull the trigger. But, you know, everything we're doing right now in college football, uh, in the NFL, is based on a lot of homework and a lot of speculation. Uh, so I, I want to manage that with a little lower volume, lower, lower volume and lower units going into the season. Make sure I did my homework correctly. You know, in, in terms of uh, my power ratings and where the lines are, because I don't know about you, but I see a lot of lines week one NFL, week zero, week one college football, Kev. And guess what? Uh, I got a lot of difference in a lot of my power ratings between where they're at, and those lines are at. So that uh, that gives me pa a little bit of uh, pause, I guess, to uh, sit back, observe, pick my best spots and uh, get some in-season data rolling. 100%, man. Um, I think that 
this is the best weekend for me. I mean, I know there was bet passion. A lot of people had a great time, but I, there's nothing like the contest for me. And come on in. The seminar is going to be great tomorrow at 3 p.m. I'm really excited to see you there and join the seminar. Uh, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of sharp minds there to talk, and this is going to be televised as well at the Circa. Uh, you brought up football contests right behind us. We have this banner, uh, sponsor of the Oddsbreakers. Maddie and Tony do a wonderful job. They are here right now. They're here every day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. to get signed up for if you're out of town. Come on in and uh, sign up with footballcontest.com. They do such a wonderful job, Tony. Yeah, you know, I've known Maddie since 2004, and I've known Tony about the same amount of time. And uh, obviously, I'm local. I still use them because even though I'm a local, just – just so I don't forget is easier yeah. uh, at the end of the day. I got so much stuff like you do going on, you know, heading into the weekends and all this, that, and the other, but uh, you cannot go wrong with those two. I mean, I know there's, everybody has competitors, you know what? Competition's a good thing, you know, out there, but uh, they are tried, true professionals. And uh, uh, I, I can't say enough about them, you know, running, running their company as well as just being uh fantastic human beings both of them so uh yeah if you're in town and looking for a looking for a proxy there's uh there there are others but uh they're second to none i i think they're great man 100 i'm so excited i i already signed up as you can see we got the five hat i've uh I, i've been in the i'm in this contest uh since 2020 2019, it, it was the second one is where I jumped in. So I've been in the second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, last year, uh, I wasn't great, a little over 50%. The year before, I was 60%. But guess what? 60% only landed me 271st place in the NFL. And that was a year where there was a lot of losses. Uh, there wasn't a massive uh, – I think the winner was at 70%. And we had uh, someone at the Ozbreakers, uh, Chris Farley, and uh, his partner won uh, fifth place. And so they did such a great job. And uh, hopefully we can replicate that again. But, hey, now that you're here, Tony, are you, you are getting in the contest. Can you tell us a little bit about your strategy? Well, you know, it, it, it it's out of my comfort zone. Number one is I do a lot of totals. So I can't – you can't use totals. you got to use sides. Um, also, five picks – I'm talking about the millions contest. Five picks a week is a bunch – on side picks in the NFL. So, and, and for people like you mentioned to go 70% for a season doing five picks a week for 17 is <laughs> just, it, it, that is just the chances of that, you know, being a consistent thing is, is almost impossible, but you know, I, I the first thing I always do in the NFL is, you know, you always remember that you're betting into numbers and you're not betting into games. So you got to take that out of it. And this one thing I do in the NFL is I look at the numbers, you know, and, and uh, what that autom- automatically does for me is it points me into underdogs, you know, um, laying over five points, either home or on the road is almost death to smoochy anymore. In the NFL, there's so much parity in the NFL. There's so many tough divisional races. You you know, this year, really, really strong divisions. We could talk about a couple of surprises I see, but you take a look at the, you know, the Steelers and the Bengals and the Browns and the Ravens in that division. I think the NFC East is also going to be more competitive than people think it is. So you're going to be dealing with a lot of threes, threes and a halfs, and you're going to have to have the ball bounce your way. But you know, more times than not, I'm looking to take numbers with the hook, you know, over, over key right, numbers right. in the NFL. So that, that's, that's kind of how I uh, at least approach it at the beginning of the season. I mean, that hook's so important, as we know. Uh, in preseason, it's not as important, but in the NFL, that three is massive. But there's a lot of times that you see a three and a half, and it just, it's almost like they're daring you to take it. You get a little nervous. You're like, what is wrong with it? Why is this not moving? So you get a little chicken, you get cold feet sometimes. And that's what's so special about uh, betting football in general. And this, it's just, you have to find that extra edge. You got to dig 
just a little bit deeper than everybody else, you know, and you have to have reasons why. If you start listening to too many people, you're just going to have the same plays as them. You know, that's something I struggle with sometimes, Tony. I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of shows, and I get talked off good plays. You know, I, I don't love that. And uh, even though I love the people I listen to because they're very smart people, they send, they tell me information that I uh, didn't know or uh, couldn't find in the research I've done myself. So I, I struggle with that a little bit. But I think that uh, it, to win a contest, it's not about just taking the most obvious line sometimes. Uh, if you see a potential loser in one, even though you think there's a little line value, for whatever reason, sometimes you stay off that and just pick a different game, Tony. Yeah, the one thing that guys like me and you that sit around enclosed by four walls uh, doing this, somebody was asking me about the life of a handicapper, you know, and this, that, and the other. And it is, uh, you get a sense of isolation because you have to really dial into what you're doing. And when you have that isolation, you tend to go to shows like the Odds Breakers, which I watch because I respect a lot of the guys that, that you have on your show. I respect you. I appreciate and it. There's also, there's also others out there that I respect. But what happens is you find yourself doubting your initial instincts when you look at the opening lines and you're on Monday and Tuesday and you've kind of got, you know, what I feel is these are the best three in college. These are the best three or four in the NFL, you know. And then you find yourself listening to other people that sways your opinion. And then you really start digging deep. And the thing of it is you can get paralysis by overanalysis, you know. And, and then, you know, how many times on, how many times on Sunday night have you said, oh, man, I love the Jets. I love the Cowboys. I should have taken the Lions. I knew they were going to cover that. And you talked yourself out of all three of them during the week. And the one thing I found is being in this business 31 years, I enter my 32nd year of handicapping sports, being a handicapper. And the one thing I have over, I think, a, a lot of the people out there, the young guns you see coming out of the woodwork now with with more, you know, gambling being legalized everywhere. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Now they're a world champion handicapper. The thing, <laughs> the thing that I find is the experience that I have helps me a lot when I'm choosing games. And one of the experiences I can tell you is upon further analysis, you always got to confirm it. But the first instinct that you have through that experience of seeing how these lines open up and, and knowing what the public perception was last week, because just, just say the Cowboys played a horrific game and now they're playing Carolina or somebody the following week at home where they should be laying seven, seven and a half. They're only laying three because of how bad they looked the week before. Don't put a lot of stock in what you saw the week before, you know, the, but those sort of experiences I've had, you know, at the end of the day, helps me make selections uh, more consistently than maybe others. And that's also kind of how I look at the contest selections. Right out of the gate, I'm looking, going, this, this, and this. you have to wait and see what the lines are because they they do trick out the lines a little bit for the contest picks when you got it, you know, when they come out Thursday. You know, and once they're out, they're out. They don't change your move based on injuries or late news or anything. So there's an opportunity, wait till the last minute, you know, at least an hour before they're due and make sure you're up to speed on all the latest injuries. And that's something, you know, I've been doing for years. What you're talking about is paralysis by overanalysis, my friend, and we all fall victim to that. You know, you can talk yourself off some great stuff. Um, if The more you dig, I mean, you have to put a certain weight to everything and you we all struggle with that i agree so i love your point on that um i think that what las vegas chris says uh something really good is you shouldn't really get all riled up early in the week and start worried about what you're going to pick you know um you should go in with an open mind um when the picks are about due i mean obviously you're going to place bets during the week anyway you already kind of know what's going on in your head but, you know, don't just stress over the uh, the picks themselves, uh, especially if you're having a great quartile. You know, maybe you're in some money for a quartile because you only lost two games. You know, that can get a little stressful. Don't do it. Um, you know, sometimes if you're a little bit behind people, 
you have to pick the non-popular game that everyone's taken. You know, maybe you see something a little bit wrong with it and you move on to another game. You know, to win Survivor Contest is kind of the same thing. Baltimore Ravens, how many people in Survivor Pools? There's going to be, let's just say there's a thousand Survivor Pools. You know how many people are going to pick the Ravens out of that? It's going to be like 400 probably. You know, I mean, a massive amount of people are going to pick that game. And so uh, you might want to stay away from that, you know, and just go with the commanders against Arizona or something, you know, Uh, I think it's real important to look at that kind of strategy too, but that let's pivot on to a little little NFL. Well, well, you, you mentioned, you mentioned the commanders. I've been impressed by what I've seen, but but by what I've seen and now bear in mind that their last game, they ran their starters against backups and they looked really good, but I really like what the enemy has done there. Uh, with that offense, and uh, who better to be, uh, you know, mentored by than Andy Reid? You know, with that with that style of offense and play calling, and and although although that you think it's a wide open offense at Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, it's a very controlled offense. You know, even conservative at times. You know, and that's something that the enemy brought, and and this Hal kid. When I watched him play the other night, and I forgot who they played, but uh, they were playing. So they played their first team. They came in out and it was oh against the Ravens. Yeah, they 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 stopped. Yeah, they, they they stopped the streak. They, they stopped the twenty five game winning streak. Yeah, and the one thing that came out of nowhere because they had announced they were going to play all those starters, but during this preseason, Kev, I'll tell you one thing. And I've been watching football thirty one years. I played in college. I know what I'm. I know what I'm looking. I know talent. You know when I see it. I seen this Hal kid make five or six passes in this preseason that maybe five or six quarterbacks in the NFL can make. He's got an arm. He's got an NFL arm. You know, he's got he doesn't have the experience factor, but the enemy's gonna be a good coach for him. And he's got skill players around him. And I think if Rivera sticks with the defense and lets the enemy run the offense there, in that division, Dallas is suspect. We know Philly's good. You know, the Giants, you know, a veritable potpourri mixed bag of I don't know what we're going to get. But at the end of the day, that division is going to be a lot tougher. You know, this is a team that's not going to go quietly in the night. And I've been impressed with what they've been able to do uh, in the preseason. Now, again, I'm not I'm not banking all of this because I've seen two preseason games. and They look really good against a bunch of second teamers. But at day's end, that's six and a half. On the over and under is still a plus number on the over. And I, I tell you what, I'm thinking about making a, I'm thinking about making a move on that today when I go down to the book. So, um, and I kind of waited on a lot of season win totals through the preseason, not only kind of see how things were working out with new faces, you know, same faces in different places, and all that, but make sure the injuries that we don't, you know, Mahomes doesn't blow out a knee or you know something crazy where you're holding on to a ticket where the best player on the team gets gets taken out. But uh, I think the commanders have really impressed me in, in the uh, pre, along, along with the Steelers have really impressed me in the preseason. And they're both in brutal. Gallup McTyler in the preseason. I mean, he he's cashing tickets for me. He's three and zero this year. He's one of the best preseason coaches. Put him right next to Harbaugh and Pete Carroll's right there too. I'll just tell you right now, I took Seattle plus three uh, in the preseason because Pete Carroll likes to win. The Packers, uh, Lafleur's got stuff to figure out, but he's still, he's not a big preseason guy. He doesn't want to injure his guys. Which you know, there's. I, I lean with that correct. If I was the coach, I'm not injuring my guy. I, I maybe one drive or two drives. There's no reason I can just get the practice and the reps. And I think these joint practices that they're doing is a little better too. You know, they're not quite hitting as hard, but you know, you're seeing other guys and they're trying to impress. They're trying to make the team. And um, you know, it's almost a, a little safer way of doing it. I believe it's more controlled and controlled environment. So I certainly like that. Well, let's pivot to some divisional odds then Tony. Uh, I have them up right here. We have the NFC North, South, East and West. And, you know, obviously there's favorites there. The only two juice uh, favorites you have to lay is the Jags at minus 155 and the Chiefs at minus 165. But uh, why don't you pick a division that you might like a little bit? Uh, maybe you made a play, maybe you didn't. Uh, what do you think about these numbers? One is, um, oh, number one is, I forgot to hit the button there, folks. Uh, number one is that AFC South. I'm telling you, do not discount the Titans. But I, I, I'm not sold on magic in the bottle one year 
down at Jacksonville yet. I mean, I, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to look at teams in the division. Should the Jags be favored? Yeah, maybe they should be. But I'm looking at the second-place team or even the third-place team in some of these odds and finding value. Remember, futures bets, we're not betting grandma's farm. We're not selling the kids' college fund. We're making some some bets on some big-plus numbers. And I think the Titans are right around there, plus 350 right now, to me, looks like an attractive bet. You know, we'll see about how Jacksonville follows that up. And the other one that I like, too, is uh, at the end of the day, Kev, it's still the Lions. It's the Lions. You know, John, last time they were in the playoffs, John F. Kennedy was alive. <laughs> so guess what? Uh, when you look at the Vikings and their body of work, and I don't care what you think about Kirk Cousins. He's more than a – he can make all the throws. He's got maybe one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, you know. And they're sitting at plus 275. And let me say this again, and I'll put this I'll, – I'll turn the mic over to you. Yes, it's the Lions. I think that's I think that's an attractive number on the Vikings at 75. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's great. So I love hearing all these different thoughts because I'm not on my bears. You know, I, I they have way too much to prove and Justin Fields has to prove something to me. Maybe later season bet. If I can see Fields like gelling and being confident and uh, completing some passes, I'll look a little bit more towards them. The, the, the only play, I wish that three was still there with the Packers. Uh, I, I would have gobbled that up. I, th- I don't think you're going to get that again. Um, that's, that's a sharp move right there. Uh, you, know, you know, it's... Uh, why not the Vikings? You know, they did overachieve last year by a few games, but I mean, they're still a slightly above average team, I would say. But your point about the Lions, they're a bad franchise. I remember we used to talk about the Browns like this. Oh, well, you're going to bet the Browns. Oh, yeah, that's smart. You know, I mean, they had so much hype uh, drafting all these quarterbacks over the years. Johnny Football, you know, guys like him. Baker Mayfield not panning out. You know, sometimes when you draft that quarterback from the big name college, with a big name coach like Lincoln Riley, it's his system. It's like, you should have brought the coach with him. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't just draft him, get pay the coach and have him play, uh, come to the NFL because you know, you're putting him with a completely different situation and it don't gel together. Certain quarterbacks can only work in certain situations. So, you know, it's, it's a big wait and see uh, for Cleveland for me this year too. I, I know there's a lot of people I respect uh, some people uh, at the Osbreakers I respect. Uh, Rocco likes them a little bit, and uh, I just think that Cleveland has a lot to prove to me because they, I don't like Stefanski that much. I don't think he's a great coach. Deshaun Watson's a head case. Uh, they do have a good running back there in Nick Chubb, but, I mean, they started paying for players two, three years ago now. They're starting to age a little bit here. Uh, you're going against the Bengals and the Ravens with Lamar Jackson talking like he's going to throw 6,000 yards this year. I don't know if that's true, but he sure has a great – uh, way to run the ball after he no one's open. I think he needs to keep doing that and just slide and get down and stay healthy. But I like the Steelers and the Ravens in that division. I made a play at plus uh, plus 275 on the Ravens, plus 600 on the Steelers uh, to get by that division. Just blend the odds. I'm taking half the teams, massive plus money here. I'm just, I'm, I'm I think I'm essentially just playing against this, uh, the, the Bengals myself when Joe Burrow's coming in a little hurt. Zach Taylor, still not a good coach. Joe Burrow's been covering up his bad qualities, Tony. Well, I'm going to make a blanket statement. I, I, I've, I've been waiting to say this in the right forum, and this would be the right forum because it's just me and you taking a piss over fence posts, shooting the breeze about football. I have, I think that the most overrated team in the NFL right now is the San Francisco 49ers. You cannot win in this league. You can't be an elite football team. They have this team power rated third in most cases without a stud quarterback. And I know the supporting cast is impressive, but Sam Darnold is going to be your guy. First of all, when you're talking about cutting loose Jimmy Garoppolo, that's not even a lateral move. To me, that's a step backwards. You know, you got rid of a, of a, is he a franchise quarterback? I guess we're going to find out here in Las Vegas when he's here. 
but you get rid of Garoppolo, you banked everything on Trey Lance. And by the way, Mike Shanahan was wrong. Trey Lance is not ready for primetime. He's not ready for the NFL. I can name you 15 backup quarterbacks that are better than him right now. I'm talking backups. So you've got a, a quarterback stable there, and Purdy is unproven. You know, we had a five-game sample size. He's not healthy. I just think for being the number three ranked, power-ranked team with Kansas City and Buffalo and Cincinnati and Philadelphia, with that quarterback situation there, and they haven't signed Bosa yet. I mean, I'm telling you, to me, that raises a red flag, and they got to go on the road and play a team that you just mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're laying three on the road to open the season. Now, I don't know if I'm going to jump on Pittsburgh, but what I've seen out of of uh, Kenny Pickett and Pickens, the wide receiver, and their tight end, and Najee Harris, and a better offensive line, and T.J. Watt running around in the backfield, you know, when he gets loose, I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying I'm going to take the Pittsburgh. If there was a hook on it, I'd take them. But I'll tell you one thing, that's definitely a teaser candidate. If you're going to do a two-team teaser, tease them up off three through six and seven and get them up to nine because that's not going to be an easy game for San Francisco. So we're going to find out a lot about them. But they're laying some heavy juice in that division. I'll tell you what, Pete Carroll's got himself a football team up there have no illusions. That division is just not going to be handed to them. I agree, man. Uh, it, 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 the Niners really messed up. It used to be defense wins championships, but the NFL changed that. They completely changed it. You know, they wanted the fantasy numbers coming in. They want the scoring. They want to keep people involved in the game. And guys like you and me love a good defensive grind game sometimes. And uh, but but we're not we're not the norm. You know, my friend, we are not the norm. We're betting unders. You know, I mean, uh, if, if you want my wife to watch any five minutes of football, they better be scoring the game, especially in the Super Bowl. They'll walk right away and come back for the halftime show, my friend. So that just uh, is the way the NFL is built now. And uh, you can see it. It's really unfortunate to defensive players. They make great plays. They get pushed by receivers and they call the pass interference on them. That that happens. You know, so it's really tough to even handicap uh, towards the defense sometimes. So I totally agree with you on that. Let's pivot to some college football my friend we have week zero coming up here uh and i'm i'm real excited because notre dame kicks off tomorrow and uh it's just gonna be a massive massive uh, uh showing at dublin uh i wish i was in ireland right now tony well last year my beloved alma mater which you like to you always like to just kick me in the in the cojones about since your Wisconsin Badgers are definitely a uh, your Wisconsin Badgers are definitely a uh, uh, Achilles heel for us, but but nonetheless, uh, at the end of the day, um, I tell you what this my Huskers went to this game last year as a thirteen point favorite and lost. And uh, so I got a bad taste in my mouth. Matter of fact, that's the game that really cost Scott Frost his job. Forget the other, why they fired him, you know, five minutes. Yeah. But at the end of the day here, you know, um, 21 points against Navy is a lot to ask. Overseas, first game of the year. Now, I was doing a free play video on that. You know, Docs, we have this channel. I put out free plays every day over on YouTube. Over at Doc Sports, just search them. You can see them. And the one thing that amazes me about Notre Dame, for all the pomp and circumstance, the tradition, the stadium, the history, the coaches, and I've been to a game there and it's hollow ground. The thing that shocks me about them is in the last 10 to 12 years, you can't name me a stud quarterback that they had. And now they've got one. <laughs> now they've got one, but it, it, it is amazing. They always got a great offensive line. They always got a stud tight end, you know, always got good rush ends and middle linebackers. But I'll tell you what, it's been amazing to me with as much pull as they have that they haven't got a stud quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt their offense around Hartman's skill set, you know, especially out of the gate, how smooth that transition is going to be. 
which leads me to my next point. Navy has a good defense. They got rid of their head coach, who, by the way, was a good head coach, but he had a bad year. They bring up the defensive coordinator. They're going to stress defense. They run that triple option, which is, of course, now Notre Dame is is well attuned to playing against the, the wishbone, basically, for lack of a better term, because they play them every year. So they got plenty of film on it. But I think out of the gate, you're going to – and it's, the weather's 80% rain showers over there too. Remember last year in that Nebraska-Northwestern game, it was the same type of weather. But uh, they even lost power in the stadium at one point during that game last year. But I wish they would have lost all the power. Just We could have just forfeited instead of, you know, trying an onside kick with a lead and then blowing it. But at day's end, um, I – I tell you what, I'd lean under the I'd lean under and it's 49 and a half. It was 15 and a half. I leaned under, but I do like the first. I was looking at this. This pup this jumped back up. That the, the first half line was uh uh 10 and a half, and now it's 12. I'd lean navy if they don't turn it over inside the red zone. I could see Notre Dame up seven, 10 points at halftime, but I I if I wanted to take a side play in this thing, I'd probably lean navy first half. Now, you don't know in the second half if Hartman gets going crazy that Notre Dame might be able to pull away late because they just have – I mean, they're minus 21 for a reason. They're clearly the better team. But at the end of the day there, I'd lean first half in that game with a Navy plus a 12, and I would lean under a little bit in that game. Yeah, the rain is certainly driving that down. I talked to Sean a little bit about that as well. Um, it is a game that's on a, a neutral field, and, it, and it's different for both teams. You know, and I usually look at unders when that happens. If it's a neutral field, uh, a little different. You got some weather. Who knows what the surface is going to be like, man? It could be uh, a dangerous surface for all we know, uh, not conducive to football. You know, they probably play a lot, a lot of soccer there right? <laughs> European football. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's going to be a great game to watch. And uh, my number 16 and a half. So I lean Navy a little bit whenever the under is coming down, you want to look at the dog a little bit more uh, for sure. But I love what you said about cutting it in half, Tony, because, you know, you've told me for years too, um, you, you, the favorite a little too big, cut it in half. And how well does that work for Alabama betting, right? I mean, they'll run up the score in the third quarter and maybe they won't get to that 40 points, but still you cut it in half. You're in a good situation. Well, is there any other games here on week one? I, I got, got the spreads, spreads out here. here. You got UTEP Jacksonville State. Uh, you have uh, uh, UMass versus New Mexico State, Ohio versus San Diego State, Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. Remember that game last year? Holy cow. Uh, that was that was disgusting for Hawaii, but they're better now. San Jose State and USC for International Fort at Louisa Tech. Anything for week zero. And I also have picks in uh, uh, the, the San Jose State USC game. But an interesting, uh, there's been a lot of interesting line moves here. You know, in that San Diego State game opened up a four and a half. Now they're down to two. I think you might find some value there. Now, bear in mind that Brady Hoke, um, they moved a, an ex quarterback to safety, then moved him back to quarterback. And he produced a lot of yards throwing the ball last year. And when you think of San Diego State, you think of a ground and pound and that tough defense that they were known forever under Rocky Long and all that. But um, granted, Ohio has the best quarterback in the MAC. They may have the best running back in the MAC. But if you want to power rate the MAC conference up against the Mountain West conference, now we're going to have a discussion about a line dropping under a fall number of three for a home team against a MAC team on the road where I think that San Diego State has a more capable quarterback than people are giving him credit for that offers them some diversity on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, for that reason, that reason alone, when I'm able to get a team like that, uh, laying less than uh, a field goal against a road team in the season. You know, there's been a lot of hype on on uh, Ohio U. You know, but Frank Solich is gone. I know Rourke's a good quarterback, but I tell you what, 
I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see uh, SDSU in that ball game go right down to the wire with them and maybe maybe pull out a three to four point win. That number, like we mentioned earlier about the contest, Kev, we're betting numbers. We're not betting the game as much as we're betting the number, and that's a pretty good number down from four and a half to two. That's a great point, and and you can see some uh, sharp money already coming in back on San Diego State here. Maybe people are going for a middle. Uh, yeah, Mountain West is a better conference. I don't disagree at all. You know, you're playing against a MAC team that has to travel across the country. They at least they get their quarterback back, Rourke, but he's uh, been banged up for most of that season last year. You know, it could be a little green coming in. Maybe a first half play on San Diego State ain't the worst idea either, just to make sure he doesn't get his feet right, right away. So. Uh, you know, looking at that game, I don't, I haven't made a play. I'm actually very close to the three on my power ratings, but uh, you know, it's a situation where it's San Diego state or nothing to me. Uh, what's up to Valdez. Thanks for the shout out. And Wes Clayton. Thanks for the shout out guys. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, I got to give, a sh- I got to give a shout out to Wes. Good guy. Super good guy. Love that guy. Gets me on uh, Sports Rage there with uh, Gabriel Morrency. Uh, Wes is a good guy, so it's, it's nice to see Wes uh, trying to get informed. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for Wes to start texting me and ask me what my picks are, you know, as, as, when I get to rolling. He hasn't done it yet, <laughs> but uh, I'm just busting your cojones a little bit, Wes. Thanks for tuning in. That is funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sports Rage is a great show. Uh, you, we love Gabe over there as well, and and uh, Wes is a great guy. Yeah, he'll, he'll be tweet, texting you soon probably because we're right here, right in football, coming up here. Week zero to this week, there's a lull in the NFL, so everybody watches college football next week. Everybody's watching college football. Don't get me wrong. If you're just an NFL fan, you're watching college football. That's what's real exciting. Uh, you know, I, there's a couple lines that a little bit too fat. Uh, I'm looking a little bit at central Michigan against uh, Michigan state, you know, coming up here, that's uh, 15 points, something like that. Uh, I have to relook at that spread. I'll pull it up in a few minutes here, but you know, this week I, I looked a little towards San Jose state uh, that's moving towards USC, unfortunately, but I got the 30 and the half. Yeah, I, I have a bad line value on it because it's now at 31. It's probably going to close at 32, 33. I just don't think USC with the rule changes necessarily will run the ball against San Jose State. And you know those little schools, they want to come in with something to prove. And maybe they can't hang the whole game, and they're probably not going to hang the whole game. But what motivation does Lincoln Riley have to run up a score on a California school like this? You know, none. Uh, Why would he risk Caleb Williams' health in the fourth quarter here? None. San Jose State is very backdoorable at this big number. They're not a bad team with Brent Brennan over there. I like them, and I like their uh, Chevron Cordero, their quarterback returning for them. He played for Hawaii, if you remember, for a few years, and they were running up points, you know, that run-and-shoot type uh, offense over there. So uh, th- that's one I'm looking at. I, I wish I would have took it a little bit uh, later. Uh, I, I, sh- I should have foresaw more money coming in on USC, but, hey, I'm here. I might be loading up the circuit half as soon as we're done, my friend. Yeah, and that's something, too, that lends a little bit more credence to what we were talking about earlier in that Navy and uh, Notre Dame game. And you're running that triple option offense and pounding the rock and eating clock. And you're able to move the chains, and there's not stopping the clock on first down. That adds a whole different dynamic to some of these college football totals now. And you're talking about uh, it's going to affect uh, the number of snaps and possessions that coaches want to get to, you know, so they may be hurrying up some offenses and stuff. So it's going to be real interesting here. That's one thing I'm really going to be paying attention to the first couple of weeks of college football is how that's affected some of these totals, you know. And uh, I'll tell you, as we look forward to uh, next week, and I don't have the sheet in front of me, but uh, I was I was going to ask you your opinion on this because I know how you like to bust my balls on my Huskers. Uh <laughs> Seven and a half point underdog to Minnesota on Thursday night as the Matt Rule regime steps into Lincoln. And uh, you got the Sims quarterback out of Georgia Tech coming in. Uh, Nebraska, what was interesting to me, Kev, and I'm sure you, I, 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 matter of fact, I, I know you know this, and I, I know just because of our deep loving friendship that we have, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't point it out to me, but. Um, in the first two first and second team all-conference players list for the Big Ten, Nebraska does not have one single player on either of those teams, special teams or anything. 
and you got to wonder how bare the cupboards are. There wasn't a lot of player development under Scott Frost. Uh, then we had Mickey Joseph in there, and of course we lose him uh, towards the end of the season for domestic violence charge. Just crazy things in Lincoln. Matt Rule comes in, and by the way, word has it that the locker room and the culture surrounding the Minnesota program and P.J. Flex taking a little bit of a hit. I'm wondering, and they got a sold-out game for that one up there next year. I wonder what your thoughts are on Nebraska and that Minnesota game out of the gate. Be honest. I mean, I, 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 lean, I, I lean Nebraska. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I like Matt Rule. You're, you're, they're too big of a dog. Sims was the only reason last year that Georgia Tech won five games. They busted my win total. They busted a lot of people's win total. It wasn't the coach. It was that quarterback, and now he moved on. And there, there's a reason he moved on. He wanted a chance with a good coach like Matt Rule. I remember how Matt Rule revitalized Baylor, revitalized them. They were in the dumps. They were suspended. Their coach was doing terrible things. And he cha- he kept that program going. Won a bunch of games. They were in it. They, uh, he's, a, he's a great college mind. He's not good in the pros that we know of, you know, he, he tried with Carolina, but, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, one of those situations where I think that Matt rule, uh, is underrated. And to be honest with you, uh, it's great to have some disagreement, but I believe that they might be the, the dark horse to win the big 10, uh, West Nebraska, believe it or not. I'm the only guy that you're going to hear say that, but I, I think Wisconsin's offensive change is too much. They do have the easier schedule, and I still would favor Wisconsin to win it. But fifteen to one, you're going to give me fifteen to one where Jeff Brom leaves Purdue. You're going to give me fifteen to one when Iowa can't score points on offense. You're going to give me fifteen to one when Minnesota lost their quarterback Tanner Morgan, who's been there for about a billion years. You're going to give me fifteen to one uh, with all the cupcakes there uh, in, in the Big Ten West. You're really just playing against Wisconsin and Minnesota, in my opinion. Uh, I think 15 to one is okay. Uh, Nebraska. Have you been visiting the dispensaries down here since you got to town, dude? What? What? I'm, I'm in the three, the three emotions that come to mind. The second, those words came out of Mr. Wisconsin Badger's mouth was shock, horror, and dismay from me. Uh, I don't see Nebraska winning the division. I, I, I see Nebraska. If Nebraska was to win six games and get to a bowl this year, that would be a miracle. That would be a turnaround. Bear in mind that the first year at Temple and the first year at Baylor, if you add those two records together, three and 23 for Matt Rule. So it didn't happen overnight so at the end of the day by the way that's not my uh that's not my twitter address there i'm not sean it's at t george sports go get informed folks but at, at the at the end of the day i don't see i what what really surprises me so if you're saying that about nebraska correct in week one against minnesota they're over a seven-point favorite against Colorado in the Neon Deion Sanders experiment out in Boulder the following week. Are you telling me that you'd be willing to lay seven or eight points with Nebraska on the road against a Power 5 team outside of the Big Ten? Absolutely not. This is a first game with Matt Rule, but you see what you said about Temple. He came into Temple they're like the tomato can that everybody kicked. He came into Baylor. Everybody was gone. Everybody. He's coming into Nebraska with a still top 25-ish recruiting classes over the past four or five years. He is coming in with some players. Believe it or not, I know it's hard to be on your hustle. I'm a pessimist when it comes to my Badgers, and and you're a pessimist when it comes to Nebraska. Yes, I'll give you shit time to time here. But this could be one of those situations that I'm willing to put my name out there and say that there's a chance. I'm not saying that they're going to do it, but 15 to one in a division that's that beat up, Tony, is something I I certainly want to look at, my man. Well, hey, we're out of time. 
Uh, thank you so much for coming on and breaking down some pigskin. Uh, we love you out here, Tony. You guys at Doc Sports are absolutely amazing. Wade, Raphael there. You know, you guys are the best. Uh, where could our listeners and our viewers get your great information in place? Well, guess what? I'm probably one of the most transparent guys there is anywhere on the planet when it comes to this business. I've been doing it 31 years, and I tell you, win, lose, draw like it is each and every day over on YouTube. Just uh, if you follow me on Twitter at T George Sports, uh, I put those videos up there. You can click on YouTube. I give you free plays every day. I give you a daily recap. Not a bunch of hype, not blowing a bunch of smoke up your ass. Just, you know, the real deal. You can find me there. And, of course, DocSports.com. We enter our 52nd year in business this year. So we've been around a while. Maury Mosman founded that. And, of course, he passed away And in uh, 2016. He was a friend of mine. The first When I started doing radio, he was the first big guy. I heard about this guy up in Wisconsin. They hit the Big Ten <laughs> game of the year like 18 years in a row. And he had a sports service. And I ended up getting him on the radio. And just ironic, all these years later, I worked for his son, Wade, over there. DocSports.com. Uh, 99% of the stuff on the website's free. It's all content, and, and uh, plus our picks are over there as well. we got a great guarantee program, so come over and visit us, and uh, uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to have you uh, tune into those videos, and I'll give you some freebies. We're over 3,700 game sample size with 59.7% on those free plays, plays over there, there. so that's, uh, that's, that's better than some of my premium sports seasons at times, so be sure and tune in, and of course, Kev, nothing better to see you out here. And uh, I'm sure off the air we'll enjoy a libation or two over the weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely, Absolutely Tony. Tony. I am as well. Make sure you guys check out Tony George Sports. Also, I forgot Doug Upstone over there as well, another friend of mine. Check out Tony George at Doc Sports. Everyone, thank you. We'll be back for part four in a few minutes.